you you wouldn't understand unless you were a preacher. Um, sometimes you have messages that the Lord has dealt with your heart about that you don't want to preach. And that's how I feel this morning. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter number 5. Daniel chapter number 5. You pray that the Lord would help us this morning. Um, I'm about as nervous as I get. Daniel chapter number 5. We'll begin to read in verse 1. You don't have to stand. Uh, We'll read the whole chapter. That's how the Lord wants it this morning. I believe this is one of the saddest chapters in all of the Bible. And uh, I'm just going to preach the Bible this morning and uh, try to get out of the way and let the Lord move and the Holy Spirit move. But I pray you to let the Holy Spirit reign full course this morning. And I just want to be obedient to Him. And um, I haven't really preached a message like this in some time. So Daniel chapter number 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes and his wives his concubines, might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes and his wives, his concubines, drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold, silver, brass, iron, and wood, and stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers and Chaldeans and the soothsayers, and the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read the writing and show me interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men. But they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled and his countenance was changed in him and his lords were astonished. Now the queen by reason of the words of the king and his lords came into the banquet house and the queen spake said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee nor thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods and in the days of thy father's light and understanding and wisdom. Like the wisdom of the gods was found in him whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought into the king 
And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have ever heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they could not show the right interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. And now if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a gold chain, gold, a chain of gold about thy neck, and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel said, answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts before let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another yet i will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation then he gives the king a history lesson o thou king the most high god gave nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor and for the majesty that he gave him all people nations languages trembled and feared before him whom he would whom he would he slew and whom he would keep who who he would keep uh, kept who he would kept alive and whom he would he set up and whom he would he put down but when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride he was disposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him and he was driven with the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild asses they fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the Most High God ruled in that kingdom of men and that he appointed over him whomsoever he will. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and thou hast, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Meeny, meeny, tekel, yefarsin. This is the interpretation of the thing, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. TKL, thou, also, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain about, of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being two, being about three score and two years old. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We ask you to help us. We ask you, God, to just please help. Lord, we can't do it without you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I find this to be one of the saddest chapters in all of Scripture. We're shown the life of a man by the name of Belshazzar. And if you took a brief study and did a brief study of his life, you'd find... Uh, that Belshazzar was a man of wealth, um, he was a man of uh, power, he was a man of a uh, lost man, let me just say that, he was a lost man. Uh, his heart was wicked, he did not fear God. 
That's just a small outline there. But as I studied some on his life, I found the most important things did not matter to this man. That this chapter we have read today gives us the only sight we have of this man in the Bible. And we're introduced to him while he is in the midst of throwing a party for his lords. Thousands of his lords, the Bible says. And I found that Belshazzar is a lot like the people in our day today. Uh, maybe not any of you, I have no clue, but I'm sure we can all agree that this is how many of people are this day. They live, uh, um, they're living for the here and now, they live how they please, uh, they live for the flesh, they have no thought for eternity whatsoever, and they party and they live for the good times, never realizing that there will come a day when the fun will be done. And question, that question crosses my mind this morning. What will we do when the fun is done? And so can I just tell you this morning, it will be done someday. It could be done suddenly. And I find this to be such a tragedy today. Because I uh, have family going to hell. And they say that every two seconds, three people go to hell. I can't tell you if that's the truth, but I believe it's probably so. And I'm not going to give a bunch of graveyard stories this morning, but I'm not going to hear. I'm not here to scare you. I'm just here to preach the Bible, rightly divided, from chapter of uh, chapter Dan, Daniel, chapter number five, verses one through thirty-one. Uh, and I'm going to preach it, and I'm going to propose this question to you as I preach on this thought: What will you do when the fun is done? What will you do when the fun is done? Notice three points, and I'll be done. I want you to notice the wasted life of a leader. The wasted life of a leader, as I was reading through this, I found there was many things that show us that his life was wasted. It was a wasted life, and on the things of this old world, he wasted everything on it. He squandered everything he had and wasted his substance on righteous living. Basically the same thing that the the Luke chapter 15 account of the prodigal son did. He wasted everything that he had, uh, and I want you to notice a few things that he shows there. I want you to notice, number one, the bottles... uh, of a wasted life, the bottles of a wasted life. Now, it was a night of drunkenness. It was a night of self-indulgence. And don't you know the Bible is against that mess? As they drank, they praised gods of this world, the gods of this world. And continually, they praised the gods of this world. You know what Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1 tells us? Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1 tells us, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 20, Proverbs chapter number 23 and verse number 29, the Bible tells us very clearly, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath Babylon's who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at the wine, and they that go and seek mixed wine. That's what the Bible says. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth this color in the cup, when it smoothth itself aright. That's the fermentation process. By the way, verse number 32, the Bible says, At last, it biteth like a serpent, stingeth like an adder. It tells us, On farther thine eyes shall behold strange women, uh, and thine eyes shall utter perverse things. Uh, verse 34, the Bible says, Yea, uh, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, uh, as he uh, that lieth upon the top of a mast. Uh, the Bible says in verse 35, it goes on a little farther, and they have stricken me, uh, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. Uh, when shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Does that not just sound just like a person who's drunk all the time? 
I mean, it says, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, uh, who hath babblings, uh, they talk without knowing what they're saying, uh, who hath wounds without cause, they fall all over the place, uh, and they don't know what really happened, uh, and they go, and who hath redness of eyes, you ever meet a drunk, they probably got redness of eyes, uh, and then it goes on and tell you, they that tarry long at the, uh, at the wine, and they that seek mention, and then it goes on a little farther, that eye shall behold strange women, uh, and that heart shall utter perverse things, it sure does. And it says, Yea, thou liest down in the midst of the sea. They have stricken me, shout they say. And I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. Sounds like a drunk. When shall I wake? I'll seek it yet again. They wake again. He says, When shall I wake? I don't know when I'm going to wake up from this hangover. But when I do, I'm going to go back to the same thing. Bible tells us that it's like vomit, like dogs go back to their own vomit. That's a scriptural application. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You know what that tells me? That tells me that you cannot be both at the same time. Amen. Drugs, alcohol, and all that mess are a temporary clutch for people, and don't fall into its trap. Amen. These strongholds on your life consistently prove wasted lives uh, left and right. I know plenty of people. And you say, preacher, Jesus turned water into wine. Well, if Jesus turned what you're drinking into wine, then go ahead and drink it. But unless he turned it into it, don't drink it. Amen? That's all I got to say about it. Can I tell you this morning, though, that any stronghold can be overcome? Jesus can overcome them. Amen. God can tear them down. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse number 3 through 5, it tells us about that. And I tell you, turn to the Lord. We see the bottles of a wasted life. We see the blaspheme of a wasted life. In verse 2, the Bible tells us, Belshazzar, wise he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father... Let's go to verse 4. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and brass and iron and wood and of stone. The context here is in his drunkenness, Belshazzar is attempting to show the superiority of his gods over the God of the Hebrews. And so over the God of the Hebrews. Hebrews, and that's, that's Daniel. Daniel was a Hebrew. Daniel was a Hebrew. And he treated the one true God as if he were absolutely nothing. And I, I tell you, friend, many still do this today. They take, the, they take the things of God and treat them like they're absolutely nothing. And the Bible, the church, the Lord's house, the Lord's name, he doesn't have a last name, friend. I tell you that. And, and, and you know, I, I asked one guy one time, I said, why don't you say Baal and then say that afterwards? Why do you use my God's name like that? Why don't you use one of their God's name like that? Because they know that it defends. They know that it offends. They know this God can do something uh, and they absolutely want to say he be damned and that's not cussing but I tell you is that that's not what the thing is don't say my God's name in vain say somebody else's God's name in vain don't say my God's name in vain the blaspheme of wasted life people blaspheme him all the time then I want you to notice the blindness of a wasted life verse 22 the Bible says and thou his son O Belshazzar has not humbled thine heart thou that though thou knewest all this. Daniel goes through telling Belshazzar about the opportunity he had to know about God. 
he goes through that history lesson there. And his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, it says his father, but his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had been converted. And Belshazzar knew all about that, wouldn't you say? And verse number, I mean, he, the Bible says in verse number 14, he says, I have even heard of thee. Belshazzar talking to Daniel. Verse 16, I have even heard of thee. He had heard of Daniel. He had heard of the preacher and Belshazzar knew about him. I believe he knew about the Lord. He knew what God had done for his grandfather, but he was willingly blind to these things. He said, "I, I even though thou knewest all of this, uh, many are blind to the truth uh, that is all around them. Uh, they have been in good services and some have seen God move in their kids' lives. Uh, some have seen God move in their families' lives, uh, but they are blind and they're focused on fun and sin. You know what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. It takes the gospel to, to open up. It does. It takes the gospel. Then I want you to notice the boasting of a wasted life. Verse 23, he says, But hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. Even though Belshazzar knew the truth, he refused to believe it. And it seems in verse 23 that he lifted his fist towards the heavens uh, and he lifted his fist towards God in the face of God an absolute boast, uh, an absolute vault of his own self and he literally ignored the clear word of God coming from Daniel. And here's the truth. God desires to save sinners. And God's desire is so great that He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross uh, to purchase salvation for whosoever will. That's what He did. Uh, And He gave us His Word to show us the way to Him. Uh, He sent His Spirit to call men to come to Him. Uh, And when people hear the Word of God and know the way of salvation, uh, and they're convicted uh, and convinced of their lost condition, and convicted uh, that they need to be born again and come to God, they have a choice to make. Uh, You know, God never has to convict again. He never has to convict once. He just convicts in His grace. Please, if the Lord calls you, don't wait. Belshazzar is an example of a wasted life. If you're wasted your life, you can come to Him. The wasted life of a leader. Secondly, I want you to notice the wrath of the Lord. The wrath of the Lord. Belshazzar gives a challenge here and uh, the Lord answered. The context here is Belshazzar is shaken to his core when he sees the hand of God. I believe you would be too. When he sees the hand of God and he's soothed by a queen, by the queen, in verse number 10 on, and he's told everything will be okay, everything's going to be all right. And be careful who your friends are and your acquaintances are. Amen. Uh, Let me just say that. So Daniel is brought into the banquet hall. uh, And can you imagine what the holy man of God, Daniel, thought uh, when he walked in and saw the self-indulgence, drunkenness, the debauchery of all this mess that was going on in that that hall there. And he gives Belshazzar... uh, a history lesson of his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. And as sad as this is to say, however, Belshazzar was getting ready to die without God. 
And Belshazzar is about to face the wrath of an almighty God. And as hard as it is to say, the Lord had already made his decision. And Belshazzar was lost and he was going to die and go to hell. No matter, this might not sound like your God, but no matter the prayers that he prayed, he was going to die and go to hell. No matter what he said, what he did, he was going to go to hell. Too late was too late. Daniel's words came in a little too late. All I'm telling you, friend, is that it's very, very serious. I'm not here to scare you. I'm just here to tell you the God's honest truth from the Word of God. That for Belshazzar, it was too late for him to cry out to God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 4, it says that Esau, although he sought the Lord in tears, it was too late to call out. I'm telling you, there is a time where it's too late. The time of judgment was upon Belshazzar. Notice with me this morning. I want you to notice the truth about the wrath of God this morning. Many look at God today and say, God is a God of love, and they're 100% correct about that. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. And he that loveth not, knoweth not God, because God is love. That's what the Bible says. Thank God that He is love. But can I tell you, we must understand that God is a perfectly balanced God. I mean, He's perfectly balanced. He's also a God of wrath. Romans chapter 1, verse number 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of unrighteousness. John chapter 3 and verse 36, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. The wrath of God. Never think for an instant that God ain't going to judge sin. Truth about the rights of God, wrath of God. I want you to notice the target of the wrath of God. Now, God's wrath is focused entirely on sin and rebellion. Belshazzar crosses the line and he had to face the wrath of God. Can I tell you something? God hates sin. You tell Roman, I mean, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 tells us some things that God hates. He hates a faulty tongue, he hates a lying tongue. He hates, um, he hates hearts that despise evil. He go, it goes on and tells us all that. I'm not even going to try to do that. The hands that shed innocent blood. He goes through all those things. Things that God... Can you believe God hates things? You got it. He hates sin and He'll judge it harshly. He'll judge it harshly, friend. And I tell you, this is why sinners need to repent of their sins. And if they do not, they will face the Lord in judgment someday. And He is a holy God who needs to be feared. Luke chapter 12, verse 5, the Bible says, But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. It says, Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. That's what the Bible says. The target of the wrath of God is sin, friend. Then I want you to notice the timing of the wrath of God. The Bible says, uh, and this is the writing that was written. Many, many. T.K.L. Yafarsky. 
The Bible says, this is the interpretation of the thing, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. TKL, and thou art weighted in the balance and art found wanting. Uh, Perez, uh, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Uh, he tells us very clearly there that Belteshazzar is told uh, that he has been numbered, uh, he has been weighted, uh, weighed, and he has been divided. Uh, uh, he has crossed the line with God, and all that remains for him is mere judgment. Uh, in that, the, I'm telling you, friend, Belshazzar uh, is offered no options, uh, he's offered no eternity. Alternatives. Uh, there is nothing, and it is time to pay uh, for the things that Belshazzar had done. Uh, and friend, can I tell you something this morning? Uh, is that today is the day of salvation? Second uh, Corinthians chapter six and verse number two says, "For he saith, uh, I have heard these things uh, in a time accepted in the day, a uh, time uh, of salvation. Have I secured the? Behold, and now is the accepted time. Behold, today uh, is the day." of salvation uh, there will come a time and day uh, when uh, when there will be not a choice anymore there will not be a choice uh, and in that day nothing will remain but death uh, and judgment and hell uh, and come to the Lord while there's still time I tell you the truth upon the authority of the word of God this morning that one day it will be too late Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible says, The Spirit of God will not always strive with man. The choice is yours and yours alone. The wasted life of a leader, the wrath of the Lord. Lastly this morning, I want you to notice the woeful loss of life. When it comes to the end, it was full of sorrow and woe. And this is what makes this chapter one of the saddest ones in the Bible. It's that it's terrible to see. Notice with me the sudden death of Belshazzar. The Bible says in verse 30. Let me go to verse 29. Then commanded Belshazzar and they clothed Daniel with scarlet put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king. Of the Chaldeans, Chaldeans slain. The Bible says, "In that night was he slain." So, so, so while Belshazzar partied, and while Belshazzar had lots of fun, and uh, his enemies were encamped around him, they were encamped around Babylon, and he believed that Babylon was safe. Uh, and they were, they, they were said to have had enough food to store for 20 years. Uh, and there was plenty of water from the Euphrates River that ran and conjoined into that city. And as I studied over this, uh, I found that the Babylonian uh, city was a very secured city. Uh, um, they say the walls were 17 miles long. Uh, they were 22 foot thick. Uh, they were 90 foot tall uh, in many places. And there were guard towers that stood upwards uh, of a a hundred foot tall uh, upon that place uh, and the gates were made of bronze and the outer walls uh, and the moats even made it so much more secure uh, but what they did not secure uh, is what was underneath uh, because the, the, the they come in at that time and the, 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 the Medians uh, and the Persians they came in and they had uh, dammed up the water uh, 
that was of the Euphrates River and they went and dug up underneath those walls uh, and found themselves out in the Babylonian city. Uh, and in that night, he died. Just as the Lord had said. Friend, I tell you, I, I, I'm not just here to scare you this morning. I am preaching straight from the Word of God. And all of you know that this morning. It's straight from the Word of God. I'm sure Belshazzar thought it was unconquerable. I'm sure he thought his kingdom would continue for many years. Yet that night, the Lord had said it. Belshazzar was slain. I need to tell you this morning, friend, death is coming and it's coming for you. The Bible says today, I mean, the Bible tells us very clearly. In, in Hebrews chapter number 9, the Bible, let me, let me turn over there just quickly. The Bible tells us very clearly, and as it is appointed unto man, wants to die. And after this is the judgment. Not many expect it, but it's coming. Can I tell you this morning, death doesn't have to catch you unprepared. You don't have to be. You, don't, you can be ready. You can absolutely be ready. I mean, I'm telling you this morning, you can be ready. It's a joyous thought that you can be ready to see the Lord. The Bible tells us very, very clearly uh, in, 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 in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, for all, in verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, then verse number 10, there's none righteous, no, not one. Uh, and, and we could go on a little farther uh, and we could find, but God commended the love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us. Uh, you say, well, what can I do with him, uh, him dying for me? Uh, what can I do with him living for me? What can I do uh, with that? Here's what you can do, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. Uh, you call upon the Lord, He'll save you this evening, uh, this morning. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, and if the sudden death were to come, uh, you'd never have to fear it. The sudden death of Belshazzar. And then I want you to notice last and I'm done, the sinner's death of Belshazzar. The Bible says uh, very clearly that he died in that night. And the most tragic part of this passage is Belshazzar died horribly and he went to hell. Can I tell you, he's still there today. I wonder if he still hears old Daniel say, Thou art weighed in the balances and fell moaning. While you were doing fun things, you were weighed in the balances. Things did not have to turn out this way for Belshazzar. He had a godly past. His grandpa knew, dad, knew, knew Jesus. And he knew the truth about God, yet he failed to act upon it. He shook his fist in the face of God and turned away from the Lord like I have another day. He died in that condition, friend. It's sad. I got, I got family going to hell this morning. All because they want to live the fun life. All because they want to do what they think is fun right now. I'm preaching this with all the compassion I know how to preach with. I'm not mad about it. All I'm telling you is I'm sad about it. There's people dying from this world today and going to hell without God. I mean, we could count down every two seconds, two seconds. Two seconds. 
Two seconds. Every time. Three, six, nine, twelve people's dying and going to hell. I've preached for 26 minutes, 27 minutes right now. And in that time, I don't know that, I don't know how much, but there's been over 100 people dying and going to hell. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. You th- you telling me it couldn't be you? Right? You telling me it couldn't be my family? I mean, it could be. There's nothing stopping God from killing them. I mean, He's the one who gives life. Job looked and he said, He's the one that gives life and taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. If He gave it, He can take it away. I tell you, you knew the truth about God. Don't let that happen to you. There's not a person in this room that has to die without Jesus. You do not have to die in your sin. You do not have to go to hell. Jesus died on the cross to make a way for you. He did. Come to Him. He died for you. He died for you. You come here real quick. I'm telling you this morning, there's a God in heaven who loves you. He died for you. Five times in the Bible. I'm and I'm thinking, and and this is one of my favorite preachers with Tim Floyd. He, he spoke on this. Saying my words. I'm gonna try to put it in my words, but it's not me. Five times in scripture, Jesus went to one place. One time. Five times. Trying to remember it all. But in John chapter number four, you'll find that there was a woman by a well. Jesus said, I must needs go to Samaria. And out of all the people, that's the only time he ever went to Samaria to minister to one woman. One divorced woman. Lost woman. He went there to witness to her. That was the only person that he ever ministered to in, 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 this, in Samaria. John chapter 4. You read on a little farther. And it was almost like he, when he said, I must need to go to Samaria. It was almost like he went there just for her. In Mark chapter number 5. He crosses the Sea of Galilee. And he comes to a place by the name of Gadara. And in that place he ministers to a maniac. And there's a maniac there in Gadara. A demoniac. A man who's possessed with the devils. And he went there. And that's the only person he ministered to in the Gospels in Gadara. It's almost like he calmed the storm and crossed the Sea of Galilee just to witness to that one man. Then you find over a little farther in Luke chapter number 7. And he went to a small village by the name of Nain. And there he went there, and as Tim Floor says, it's the tale of two sons. 
There was one son uh, that was dead and he was about to live. And there was one son who was alive, but he was about to die. It's Jesus. And Jesus come to this woman in Luke chapter 7 and he ministered to a lady who had already buried her husband. And she was fixing to bury her son as they were carrying the coffin at that exact moment. And Jesus walked up there and uh, there was a... It was the only time that he went to this village called Nain. And it was almost like he went there just to minister and raise that little boy from the dead. He went there just for them. It was personal. And then on a little farther you can read in Mark chapter number 7. Where Jesus entered into this place, I think it is in Mark chapter 7. Where Jesus entered into this place called Tyre and Sidon. And he went into this place in Tyre and Sidon. And, and there he ministered to a woman, I think it was, uh, who was possessed with a devil. Her daughter was possessed with the devil. Jesus never saw this daughter. But mama went back to the house. And Jesus tells her that faith has made, has made her whole. And she went back to the house and... Her daughter was cleared of the devil. You know, Jesus never ministered to another person in Tyre and Sidon. Never did. It was almost like He went just for her. Jesus only went to those places for one time. He went to Tyre and Sidon one time. He went to Gadarene one time. He went to, to all of these places. He went to Samaria one time. He went to the village of Nain one time. I don't know if he'll ever go back there again. And then the fifth place in the Bible, he went up. And we have this in all four gospel accounts. And when he went, it's the only time he went to this place. It's called Calvary. He'll never go back to this place again. But on that place, he ministered to many, many people. But I would like to think that if it was only me, he would have still died. He would have still died if it would have only been for me. If it would have only been for you, he would have still died. He would have still died. And there he was. And I believe that he would have been there just for me. It's personal, friend. It's personal. I tell you tonight... This morning, the story of Belshazzar is one of the saddest stories in the Bible. All the Bible. It's one sad moment on top of another. But this story doesn't have to be your story. You see, the ending of your story is yet to be written because you're still alive. You're still alive. you've never acknowledged your sins this morning bowed before the Lord and received Him as your personal Savior I'd invite you to come now you need to come to Him and you need to be saved John chapter 6 verse 37 the Bible says those that come unto Him Him in no wise cast out you know Jesus has never said no to anybody if they've asked 
It's the most amazing thing about the Lord is He's never said no to anybody. If they ask, He won't say no. He'll love you. He'll save you. He'll take you to heaven when He dies. Let me ask you that question again. What will you do when the fun is done? I don't know what you need this morning. You can stand to your feet, please. You need to be saved this morning. There's a God in heaven who loves you. He loves you a lot. He died for you. If it had been only for you, he'd, he'd still died for you, I believe. He loves you. If you need to be saved or need to pray for your loved ones that's lost, today would be a good day. This morning, don't leave here lost, please. Don't leave here lost.
Till we close in prayer, he's going to play. So burdened about this message this morning. Tell you what we need as children of God sometimes. We need an awakening in our being to uprise the burdens that we have so often fell just comfortable with. And you know as well as I do, I didn't come up here and tell you some sad story that was just going to scare you. All of it was straight from the Word of God. Rightly divided Scripture. But it could, it could be. It might not be. You might live another hundred years. But it could be the last day for all of us. We don't know. Could be. You know how many you might you know how the chance is? 50-50. Man, I'm not a gambler, but I wouldn't play that bet. <laughs> Thankful I'm saved. Thankful I'm going to going to heaven. When I die, I want you to go with me. I do, I want you to go with me. I do. Don't leave here this morning lost. He's gonna play. We're gonna pray. We'll head up to the river. Listen, there's still plenty. There's still time right now. I ain't gonna say there's plenty of time. I might close out in prayer and it just be done. Jesus might call us out of here. I don't know. I'm not Him. But there's still time. You ask Him into your heart. Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It ain't a certain prayer. It ain't, it ain't a certain saying. It's believing with the heart. Amen. With the heart, man believeth. And with the mouth, confession is made. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. That's what the Bible says. I'm telling you, you believe God can on your heart. Believe the, by faith. For by grace are you saved. Meaning, it's unmerited. He didn't have to do it. (laughs) For by grace are you saved. Through faith. Not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. All I know is this. I'm just quoting scripture here. Because that's all I think and do it. It ain't nothing I can say. All I know is that he was wounded for your transgressions. It's bruised for your iniquities, for your sins. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we're healed. Those stripes, stripes that he took. The 39 on his back. I say 39 because it's a number of mercy. They say they would give 40 in those days, but. To him, they only gave 39 for mercy. Ain't much mercy there. 39 stripes across his back. Couldn't imagine it. 
It's a solemn moment this morning. It's a very sweet spirit. God, I struggle with preaching this this morning, but I really, really want you to be saved. I'm not going to ramble on. We'll close out in prayer. If you have any questions. You got, there's plenty of people here to ask. There's plenty of people here. Dear God in heaven, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the burden, Lord, that you put us to one heart this morning. Lord, something that we've often become so complacent to and comfortable with. God, help us to carry the burden for lost loved ones. whether it be parents or brothers or sisters or or whatever it may be, help us, God, this morning to uh, continue with this burden. Lord, help it to stay strong. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done this morning. Lord, if there be any lost here this morning, Lord, you know the heart. I don't. Nobody else does either in here. God, you know the heart. I pray, God, you'd work in it. God, you'd work on it. I pray, God, you'd help them and draw them to yourself. Work. We'll praise you this morning. Lord, help us as we go up to baptize this morning. Lord, let it. Lord, let the Spirit of God be there with us. Lord, we know your word represents the baptism to the church and represents the baptism of the body of Christ, Lord. Lord, down with the old man and raised in newness of life. Lord, we know your son Jesus had been baptized and tells us very clearly that you looked down and said, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. Lord, help this morning. Lord, help us to look at it as a solemn moment or a moment of remembering or salvation. Lord, never, let her, Lord, let us never get complacent to salvation of our own salvation, God. Lord, that you would revive it in our hearts, Lord. Help us look, Lord, and say, Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.